So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. It would have made much more sense for me to give him a lift to a petrol station, filled up a petrol can. Not famous as some killer. You know what? You know what? I think it just says you're a good guy. Who cares if he scammed you? You were a good guy. So having convinced myself there's no way I could be a victim of this, what you've done, Carol, very successfully there is you've said, no, you have been a victim of this, you moron. No, I've said, Mark, you're human. <laughs> Mark's human. Mark's human, everybody. Um, now, I... Chicken-loving human. There's your sound bite. Smashing Security, episode 126, Zombie Chickens and Fast Food Victims, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 126. My name is Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. <laughs> hello, Carol. <laughs> have we done too many of these things? <laughs> well, we are joined by a special guest. He's dialing into the show right now. It's Chicken Fancier. Mark Stockley from Naked Security. Hello, Mark. Hi. Chicken fancier. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah that's, that's, I'm not sure I would describe myself as a chicken fancier. <laughs> you do run a Twitter account called the Internet of Hens, I, I do, believe. Yes, yeah, but yeah. it's not. It's not what your description might suggest. Like the content's all safe for work. Yeah. Yeah, right. Says Mark Stockley. <laughs> no, I assure you. I assure you. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said to me when they said, go visit Lemon Party. Okay. <gasps> now, where are you calling in to us from today? So Mark? I am calling in from what's colloquially known as the Glastonbury Toilet, which is this microscopic studio at Sophos HQ. Um, and I was given very specific instructions by Paul Ducklin earlier about how to turn on the fan so it doesn't get too hot in here. So obviously I completely ignored him uh, and <laughs> I can't find the fan, so I'm basically sat in a polystyrene box so how long does this podcast last once again duck proves that he's right <laughs> as businessmen in the city you'd pay a good amount of money to be enclosed like that i imagine yeah, just, just, in that yeah, just imagine you're in a sauna yeah wrap yourself up in polythene go for the whole experience why not if you hear a loud thud about three quarters of the way through the podcast don't worry about it that's just my head hitting the desk as i pass out <laughs> carol what have we got coming up on the show this week 
So coming up on this episode of Smashing Security, Graham shines his spotlight on all manner of scams, including romantic ones. Ooh la la. Mark gives us the lowdown on a nasty fight for site ownership of doitforthestate.com. And I'll be yakking about how a promo character from the 70s comes back to seek out Canadian fast food junkies. Buckle up your seatbelts, folks. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Now, now then, now then. Krull. Krull, yes. I assume you mean me. Yes. Uh, Krull, I don't always say pleasant things about you, but the truth is you're everything a man could ever want, aren't you? Where are you going with this? Deep voice, hairy chest, lots of muscles. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the truth is, the truth is, right, there, there are lots of lonely chaps out there who'd love the thrill of having a frisson with you. They've heard the voice. They've observed the charm. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this. (laughs) (laughs) They're dreaming of what you might be like in the full-bodied flesh. This is revolting. And scammers, they know that you're a hot tamale as well. And there's loads of guys out there who'd love to wrap you up in a banana leaf and fill you (laughs) up with my Negro and chicken. Stop! This is no, no, don't worry, Carol. Don't worry. It doesn't mean you work for all men. Goodness gracious, no, you certainly don't, right? Take Mark, for instance, right? <laughs> oh, don't drag me into this. <laughs> He's the web developer type, isn't he? He's got a bit of a neck beard going on. He's hair. He's very hairy. He's got he's, a neck beard. So, no, but he's got a lot of hair in all kinds of places, hasn't he? He's not wrong. He dreams of a girl who knows her way around a cascading style sheet. That's what he likes. He's, he's hot for HTML5. He's after a woman who clicks yes when offered an Adobe browser plugin. Just as long as it's not over in a flash, right? That's what he's like. So that's that's the kind of thing. You're into all that, Mark? Yeah, into the webby stuff, right? <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> Am I right? We're just yeah, ignoring I'm right. you. I'm right. Well, my point is this. My in-depth research reveals that scammers are posing on dating sites and social media. And, of course, they're posing... Not in the normal way we pose on social media, but posing as individuals that they are not. And just like an imposter might claim to be a doctor uh, and offer to take a look at your calves, so a romance scammer might try to convince you that they run in similar social circles to you, right? They're going to change their language. They're going to speak to you in a fashion which makes you think, oh, they're just like me. So, Crow, you're into baking. They might tell you about their buns that they've been working on. I thought Mark- you were going to say I'm into <laughs> swearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you're prefer- so the, the scammer may pretend to have Tourette's. You know, you think, oh, yeah, I'll get on great with you, right? Mark, you've got your chickens, obviously. I'll leave that to your imagination. Any fluffing feathers. <laughs> so they may convince you that they have compatible values and forge an emotional connection, right? So they say, oh, yeah, you know, I've looked at your Facebook likes. I love Titanic as well. I cried when Leonardo DiCaprio let go of the wreckage or Toy Story 3. They're so sad at the end. Or, oh, yeah, Smashing Security. It was so much better when Vanya was on the show. It's never been the same since. All those kind of things, right? People are working out what you like and what you're interested in. They're, they're sort of mirroring you. You know, the drill. Uh, and once the imposter has formed a connection with an individual, they then claim, I don't know, maybe they need money urgently to cover an emergency, right? The ceiling's fallen down because there's been a flood upstairs or our chimney is infested with bees. You know, some sort of crisis has occurred. <laughs> and you think, oh, I must help these people. Or, the, or there's a family situation. Um, Great Aunt Agatha 
has been taken ill with lupus or Tiny Tim needs new crutches, something like that, right? Call me crazy, but I think you're describing a romance scam here. Yeah, exactly. And this is how they do it, is they, they claim to be compatible with you by, by first of all making the connection and then they, they, they come along, you know, with maybe a business opportunity, right? They say, oh, yeah, I met this great guy, John McAfee, told me he should buy some cryptocurrency. He's <laughs> tweeted about it. Let's go and give me lots of money and I'll do it. Or uh, I'm out on a business trip in Cairo. I've lost my wallet and passport. Only you can help me. Or I, I want to come and visit you, but I'm over here in Basingstoke. Send me the money for the airplane ticket and I'll come over and visit you. So th- <laughs> the, the, these sort of things are happening all the time. So they've made the emotional connection. And then they come in for the money and they're incredibly successful at doing these sort of things. So they forge this strong emotional attachment and they work because no one, well, almost no one, uh, right, no one wants to be an arse. Yeah. No one wants to say no. If someone's in a crisis, if someone has got something bad going on, no one would say, no, I'm not going to help you, especially if they don't want to say, I'm sorry, I'm a very busy man and I don't drink coffee, (laughs) for instance. right. Right. That would be inappropriate. I, I, I can't sort out your bee infestation. Uh, you're <laughs> going to have to find someone else to do it, right? I'm beginning to understand why I haven't fallen victim to any of these scams. <laughs> oh, your utter lack of empathy. Yeah. Is that what we're... <laughs> didn't like, you Like have... I said, web developer. Mark, no, something happened to you on the road, didn't it? With a car. It was a, it was a live scam. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. It was the weirdest thing. I was driving along and I was flagged down. But literally, my car was flagged down, and I opened the door, and this guy gave me a story, and then I handed him some money. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> and then I drove off. And then after I'd driven off, I then spent the next couple of hours going, I was just flagged down, and I just handed someone some money. And it was... Wow. It was entirely incongruous. I assume now it was a scam. I mean, it wasn't a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, I think it was for petrol. That's what I yeah. remember it being. He had to get somewhere because someone was yeah, his sick car and he was out of petrol down. and yada, yada, yada. I imagine, and, yeah, even if you didn't know the guy, even if you, uh, I presume you didn't form an emotional attachment with him, a, a romantic relationship during those five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he was batting his eyelashes yeah. at Mark. <laughs> and he wasn't a chicken, so not my type. <laughs> But I, I guess it would be quite difficult. So if you're on the in a lay-by or something, it'd be quite difficult to say, no, I'm not going to give you £10. I'm going to get in my car and drive off. Yeah, saying no involves slashing your car door and leaving him in a cloud of dust. Yes. Yeah, but also waiting to get into the highway again. So you might be sitting there for quite a while. <laughs> waiting indicator, for, on, t- indicator on. <laughs> but it was actually, it was in the middle of nowhere. Oh, so even more difficult. So it wasn't like there were other people ready to offer him some cash no i mean it it may have been genuine but it's one of those things where you you drive off and you go okay well so now he's got some money how is he going to go and get the petrol to put in his car and right, then you right, go oh, right. it doesn't it doesn't make any sense it would have made much more sense oh. for me to give him a lift to a petrol station filled up a petrol it's not famous, I'm killer. you know what you know what i think it just says you're a good guy who cares if he scammed you you're a good guy you're a good guy no Oh, yeah. isn't that nice? So having convinced myself there's no way I could be a victim of this, what you've done, Carol, very successfully there is you've said, no, you have been a victim of this. No, I've moron. said, Mark, you're human. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Graham, carry Mark's on. Mark's human. Mark's human, everybody. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Chicken-loving human. There's <laughs> your sound bite. The reason why I'm talking about romance scammers and such like today is because according to BBC News, there is a woman who hasn't been named, because I imagine she might be a little bit embarrassed, 
Um, mm. Not embarrassed because she joined a Facebook fan page for Jason Statham, the Hollywood <laughs> fast and furious actor, but because she was contacted via Facebook after joining that page by someone who posed as Jason Statham. Is it wrong what? that I've lost all sympathy for this person already because they joined the Jason Because <laughs> it's Jason Statham. Yeah. It's, all like it's like lock, stock and barrels, isn't it? It's all like that sort of thing. He's always a hitman, isn't he, I think, in his movie. Not that I've actually seen that. I can't even movie. think who we, Yeah, I can't even think of who it is. He yeah. looks a bit like one of the Mitchell brothers from EastEnders, if you've ever seen them. So yes. basically he's got yes. a head like a boiled potato. Great. Um, now, they're... She's into him. And she, oh, yeah, she's seriously into him. I mean, she joined the fan page and then he contacted... And she thought, oh, isn't he nice? He's contacting me. And over time, their conversation got more intimate and they switched to WhatsApp. Whereupon he started to say, can you send me a selfie? And, uh, you know, I just need a decent smile from someone like you right now. If the equivalent happened to me and Noam mm. Chomsky got in touch, <laughs> right? Chomsky! <laughs> <laughs> right? Ooh. I think I would tell people about it because i'd be so excited that that had happened if, if noam chomsky got in touch with you you'd still be reading the first email that he sent you <laughs> <No. laughs> like you wouldn't have time to tell anyone else <laughs> but but maybe she did i mean some some uh sort of hollywood stars are quite well known for engaging with their fans a lot i think isn't it vin diesel who's quite a bit like Jason Statham in a way, another sort of hitman, hard man kind of guy, and although not quite as cockney. Man of the people. And uh, I, I think he's, he's well known for you know, chatting with his fans and things. I don't know what he gets out of it. I, I, let's stop there. But anyway, anyway, she was feeling rather vulnerable because, um, poor thing, her mum and her fiancé had passed away recently. And when her purse was ripe for the plucking and she was conned into giving away hundreds of thousands of pounds the fake Jason claimed that some sort of movie deal had fallen through or something and, you know, there was a bit of a money shortage. And he said, do you mind going down Western Union and you can send me the cash? And she did. In total, hundreds of thousands got sent. And it's not just horny, diehard fans of Hollywood hunks who need to watch out for these things. I don't understand how you'd get rid of that much money unless you were being... Conned. Blackmailed. Yeah. No, no. If you're being blackmailed, like say he had pictures of her and threatened to do something or something like that. I can see why some people might but think, okay, pay thinks, them off. She thinks Jason Statham is going to be her boyfriend. She maybe thinks she he's doesn't, already she, her In her boyfriend. head, she, goes like, she doesn't think, oh, he might have richer friends than me. I think the thing is, I guess this stuff works because for the victim, this is a one-to-one -one communication. Yeah. But actually, yeah. for the attacker, he might be doing this with hundreds of people. And it may be that all of them have exactly that same thought. All, you know, 99 out of 100 of them say, of course, he's got richer friends. This is obviously a scam. Right. You only need one of them to mm. turn around and say, yeah, I'll send you a few hundred thousand dollars. And that's it's absolutely worth your while. Yeah. And she was vulnerable. Right. Yeah. That's the thing to remember. She was in a low point in her life. You know, think rubbish was going on in her life. And maybe this was the one thing that she was clinging on to. And she might be thinking, what do I care about money? The people I love are dead. I don't care. A bit depressed. And, you know, maybe I'll <laughs> maybe, shack maybe up with Statham. <laughs> yeah, I'll right? just shack up with this. <laughs> Why not? Right. The thing is, if you don't send the money, that's that's the point where you're driving away and leaving them in a cloud of dust because... Your basic <laughs> right, exactly. We need to go back to Mark. Mark is the one who's actually been there in a relationship with someone. It'd been brief. It hadn't been online. It'd been face to face. It was with a member of the same sex, at least same species, at least, which is an improvement for you, Mark. So that, that was that was a good thing. But you know, it happens, right? People yeah. get duped. People get duped. 
And we've just seen in America, nine men arrested in three different states in connection to a series of email scams, some of them business email compromise, some of them romance scams, that earned them over three and a half million dollars doing this kind of things. They also pretend to be Russian oil oligarchs. It's easy to say that people are dumb or stupid or deserved it. No, or... no one said that. You did. No, you, actually, you did. You, you were saying that earlier on. <laughs> yeah, well, I might have as well. But, oh, well, there you go. So it's easy to say that, folks, because you just did. But when, <laughs> and, and when I, I feel wrote, gaslit. When I, <laughs> You're being scammed, Carol. When I wrote about this earlier this week, about this poor woman, I got that reaction. Lots of people were saying, oh, you know, they're blaming the victim and saying, you know, you deserve to lose all that money and all that. You're so dumb. But I think people who go around blaming them are actually part of the problem. Only about 5% of victims are estimated to come forward from these romance scams. So it's the tip of an iceberg. If you're telling people they're dunces, you're not actually helping because no one thinks they're a dunce. Everyone thinks they're being logical. Everyone thinks in the moment that they're being entirely or reasonable. Or being nice. Yeah. Right, with, with the information which they have. So I think we need to stop calling people brains and actually just warn them of the threats rather than say, and you're a bloody idiot, because no one will identify at that point. They think, well, I'm not being an idiot because Jason really likes me and he's a really nice guy. Has this happened to you, Graham? Is that why you're being so defensive? Well, I joined, of course, the Diana Rigg Appreciation Society uh, some years ago. <laughs> and, um, How many I've other never... members were there when you joined? <laughs> <laughs> enough said. Enough said. Mark, what's your story for us this week? So my story is for anyone who's ever endured the pain of doing a domain transfer. Oh. So if you own a website domain, like, I don't know, let's say nakedsecurity.sophos.com, then you might have an idea about what a pain in the arse transferring domains can be. Okay. Basically, if, yes. you, if you want to give ownership of your domain to someone else, you have to do a domain transfer. And all you're doing is you're moving a record from one computer to another. So it should be the simplest thing in the world. But normally it involves dealing with some massive hosting company's automated processes or worse, <laughs> their first line support people. Yep. So it creates complications and it wastes time far out of proportion to what's actually involved. And I've wasted more time on domain transfers than I can tell you. And one of the reasons it's hard is because if you control the domain, you can control the site. So taking control of a site's name is it's often easier than hijacking the site proper. And hijacking right. normally means some kind of phishing or hacking. There was a spate of domain hijacks a few years ago. As websites became harder to break into, people started phishing the owners to get the domains instead. Anyway, I remember, for instance, uh, Twitter, uh, their domain details got hijacked by some, one of the hacking groups. So anyone who went to Twitter instead got a page about, I can't remember who the hacking group were now, but it, was, it looked like the Twitter website had been defaced. But in mm -hmm. fact, what happened was everyone was being pointed towards a different site. Yeah, and it's it's happened to Google as well. I mean, Google have amazing security, but I think it was Google Palestine. They had a, a, a domain hijack and exactly the same thing happened. Visitors were sent to a different site. Mm. And it's happened to lots of sites. And Google's a good example because they have such good security. It sort of shows how a domain hijack can be a bit of an end run around security sometimes. Anyway, that isn't what happened in this case. This is about a man called Rossi Lothario Adams II, from Cedar Rapids what? in Iowa. What? Sorry. What? <laughs> no, say that real. Rossi Would you like me to repeat that? Adams the second, did yeah. you say? Yeah. Wow. 
Breathe, breathe, Graham. Self-appointed name or, you know, Well, no, appointed by his dad, I imagine. It says the second. There was an original (laughs) Rossi Lothario Adams. Somebody who was so impressed with his own name that he come up with a brilliant name for our son. (laughs) Where was I? This man, Rossi Lothario Adams II, from Cedar Rapids really, really wanted to own a domain name called doitforstate.com. That's doitforstate spelt uh, with a four spelt F-O-R. Okay. Okay. Adams started a social media company in 2015 called State Snaps. And its domain name was doitforstate.com as well. But the four was spelt using the numerical character four. Oh, I see. How frustrating that must be. Yeah. So it's the website and social media for State Snaps is dedicated to sort of US college debauchery. So it's drinking games, toga parties, drugs, and anything related to beer, boobs, butts, and combinations of those things. Okay. Ah, oh, university. Yeah. Butts and beer. What a great combination. Yeah. Okay. Good. Are you with me so far? Yep. Okay. Yes, but I'm not on the site. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. You're not looking at beer and butts. <laughs> So doitforstate.com, spelt with an F-O-R, was owned by a man called Ethan Deo, a self-styled entrepreneur and personal branding expert. Right. Uh, and Adams tried to purchase doitforstate.com with an F-O-R from Deo for about two years without success. And, okay. what, and what was this other guy doing with his with the version with the proper spelling? What was he doing with his I, site? I think it was unused. As far as I know, oh. there's, there hasn't been anything on doitforstate.com with an FOR f- since 2015. Right. Okay. But Adams was unsuccessful in his attempts to purchase from Day O Day. Obviously, didn't want to sell. Well, I wonder who else he was thinking would want it. If not the people. Anyway. Okay. So well, the price couldn't be agreed. All right. Yeah. So then Adams changed his tactics. And Deo became aware of Adam's new approach when he heard somebody breaking into his home in Cedar Rapids on the 21st of June, 2017. Uh, Holy moly. The burglar breaking into his home was a man called Sherman Hopkins, who was a cousin of Mr. Adam's. (laughs) Keep it in the family. (laughs) He broke in with a gun. Oh, my God. And he forced Deo at gunpoint to turn on his computer and to connect to the Internet. Now, I'm guessing that Hopkins has endured the pain of doing a domain transfer before (laughs) because he had thoughtfully written out the instructions on how to do a transfer to go from one GoDaddy account to another. So, hang on, hang on, hang on. So, so the the guy's come in, holding this other guy to gunpoint, and yep. says, turn on your computer yep. and move the domain, follow these instructions to move the domain yep. on GoDaddy to yep. this new owner. Doesn't that rather give you a clue as to who might have hired the gunman at that point? Isn't, this, isn't there a rather <laughs> bit of a flaw in this crime? <laughs> well, could he, have, could he have not broken into the computer? Yeah. His email address Adams is the third, or whatever it is. Could he not? Could he not have just? Could the burglar not have done it himself? You know, well, rather than it's a, bit, it's a bit obvious. The thing is, it didn't get that far. Oh, okay. Okay, so the scene is exactly as you spelled out. So Hopkins <laughs> is holding a gun to Deo's head, and he's given him these instructions. Oh, goodness. But as is normal during a domain transfer, it didn't go smoothly and they ran into problems. Okay, Did they have to call up tech support? Instead of calling support, <laughs> there was a struggle. Hopkins 
pistol whipped and tased Deo before shooting him in the leg. Tased? He came fully, fully armed? And remarkably, <laughs> Deo himself then managed to get the gun and shot Hopkins in the chest. So oh, all oh told, my goodness. You're making all, this up. All told, You're making this a up. slightly less experience than calling support. <laughs> and we know about this because the cops got involved and Hopkins and Deo have now both had their day in court. Oh, the police got involved in this, did they? Yeah. They oh, did. I see. It was a, it was a matter for the authorities. <laughs> you surprised me. So, so oh. Hopkins, <laughs> Hopkins has been sentenced to 20 years and Adams was convicted oh. last week and he's also facing a maximum of 20 years in jail. So, again, in the end, not a million miles away from how it feels to do a normal domain transfer. <laughs> what? One comes in with a gun and forces the other to swap over the domain. And why are they both facing 20 years no, of jail sorry. time? I can understand why the shoot, so you know. The- Hopkins is the guy that broke in with the gun. Yes. He yes. got 20 yep. years. And yes. in the process of uh, convicting him... Uh, I guess the police found out that he was working on behalf of Adams. So Adams has now had his day in court. So Hopkins was convicted and, and charged last year. And Adams was convicted last week and is now waiting sentencing. Oh, OK. So we still don't know the sentence of Jezebel Adams the fourth. <laughs> no. That's going to come at some late point. And our poor victim still has his hands on the domain. As far as I know, yeah. <laughs> He's got no one to sell it to. Price has gone up. So happy days, happy days. <laughs> if you want that domain, you now know how hard you have to work to get it. Okay. Carol, what's your story for us this week? Okay, can you guys tell me what popular 80s food chain character used to use the catchphrase rabble, rabble? Rabble, rabble. It's not gobble gobble, is it? Because that was Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I think you've got chickens on the brain. I think yeah. we know who's obsessed with chickens here. Actually, it's not Mark. Yeah, I want to know what you've been doing with Colonel Sanders. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I know there's some listeners out there screaming the answer at you too. So those are the raspy tones of the Hamburglar. Do you oh. remember that? He's a pint-sized thief yeah. with an insatiable hunger for Mickey D burgers. Oh. He started out like in the 70s as one of the first McDonald villains in like ad spots, right? To help build decades of, you know, narrative tension between Ronald's crew and the baddies crew, which had, I know it had Hamburglar and I think there was that big purple blob thing. Grimace. Grimace <laughs> was the other one. I think Mr. Blobby. Yes. <laughs> Now, in North America, at least, the Hamburglar was like this red-headed, pudgy kid. And he had like a black and white striped shirt, a cape, wide-brimmed hat, red gloves. It looked kind of Puss in Boots style. Mm. Um, And the only thing he said was either unintelligible or rabble-rabble. Now, I find the Hamburglar quite creepy, but that might be because I find it looks remarkably similar to Chucky the Killer Doll from the 88, you know, horror movie of the same name. It was Mm. called Chucky, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, there's a lot of McDonald stuff which is quite spooky. I mean, Ronald McDonald himself is a terrifying character, isn't he? (laughs) I was just thinking, if you line up the McDonald's characters, (laughs) like from from most disturbing to least disturbing, least disturbing is the weird purple blob thing, then it's Hamburglar, and then it's Ronald. (laughs) I mean, what what, what were their marketing... I mean, now now they have Justin Timberlake, which I suppose is a bit better, but they've, they've chosen some really odd things, haven't they? Funnily enough, though, during my research... 
it brought up the UK version of Sir Hamburglar a lot, <laughs> or your Hamburglar. And what the fuck, guys? WTF? <laughs> what the French fries? Okay, this Hamburglar has like the super long witchy nose. His teeth look like they've been thrown into his face from a good distance. I mean, you tell me. Look, you've got the link there. Uh, uh, okay. Like... I want to understand. You both were born here. I want to know why marketing experts in the UK thought this would appeal to the 10-year-old you guys. I'm checking it out. Oh, my goodness. There's that clown. Here he comes around the corner. Oh, whoa, whoa. Right? Yeah, he's terrifying. He's terrifying. Absolutely So I don't terrifying. understand. That says a lot about everything. Of course, you're wondering, why am I talking about the Hamburglar? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well... There's a reason this promo character has become a reality, and he is hunting down burgers in my homeland of Canada. <coughs> so Canuck Burger Fiends are under attack from a real-life hamburger who is making use of their My Mickey D apps to steal a heck of a lot of burgers. So in February... Lauren Taylor from Halifax told the CBC she had no idea how, get this, $483 and change was spent (laughs) on her McDonald's app. Oh, sure she hasn't. No idea at all. We're looking for somebody someone who's about 30 stone. She's actually (laughs) Dressed as a hamburglar. No, I watched a video with her. So she first noticed the order confirmations, dozen of them, right? And they're all sporting the last four digits of her actual debit card. And by the time she checked in with the bank, she only had 199 left in her bank account. Ooh. Wow. And all this money was spent on produce from mcdonald's all this was spent through the app for mcdonald produce but they were made in another canadian province about 10 hour drive away in quebec and lawrence hill told the cbc this is an app that's supposed to be secure so why do i live in Nova scotia and why is my card being used in quebec it's crazy McDonald's, of course, retorted saying that there was no security breach on the Mickey D app and reminded users to uh, use the app digitally and not share passwords with others, create unique passwords. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Lauren told the CBC that she does use different passwords for all online accounts. She changes them frequently, never shares her passwords. Passwords are strong. So what's going on? Right? And the Mickey D app requires like eight to 12 characters, upper or lower case, one number in it. So all this sounds a bit suspicious. Or it might sound like it was just her spending 500 bucks on a big, crazy meal. I've seen the menu. How you could spend 500 bucks at McDonald's and it's quite difficult. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. It's clearly, clearly feeding a village or something. <laughs> are, are you saying that the McDonald's store where this was happening was like in another state or something? So yes. some distance away from her? Yeah. Yeah. Is it possible she was like cycling back and forth from there, which would, that she could consume it? And then maybe the amount of calories she would use riding back. Mm. Would I mean, imagine she'd get a fairly fierce It's about, stitch. I don't know, a thousand miles. So, yeah. Oh, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. she'd have big calves, wouldn't yeah. she? Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, is Lauren's not the only person to have noticed that her Mickey D app seems compromised. One guy, Brett, noticed that within half an hour, his account had been used by an imposter and spent $50 worth of food at McDonald's in Mirabelle, Quebec. Oh. So he was in Halifax. Again, the attack happened in Quebec. And there were two orders, one for 30 chicken McNuggets and another for a double Big Mac meal. This is where he gets the name, the Hamburglar. And fast forward to this week, the latest victim is Patrick O'Wark, who 
was getting email notifications, but hadn't actually been managing his email account very well. And someone purchased, get this, 100 meals in a single week, racking up a $2,000 bill. This included loads of Big Macs and McFlurries. And um, O'Rourke, obviously not a dumbass, doesn't think one person could have possibly eaten all this food. <laughs> no, they'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, so what's going on here, yeah. right? This hamburger has already nabbed food from worth thousands from a handful of victims across Canada. And what do you think the likely scenarios are? For what's the modus operandi? So I, what, one idea I had is places like McDonald's have free Wi-Fi, right? Mm-hmm. And I was wondering whether maybe their Wi-Fi at some branches wasn't set up properly and maybe the app isn't communicating securely and maybe people are stealing tokens or passwords or something from the app. Could uh, yeah, I wonder, like that? I wonder if people actually use the app when you're in store. Did people do that? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, if you're really lazy, could you, I don't know. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that people will be sat in a McDonald's on their phone ordering food. I mean, you know, <laughs> letting their kid do McDonald's, it or something. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's a long way to the counter. It's... I mean, could it be a disgruntled employee or ex-employee? Could that mm. be something? Because would they yeah. have access even to the passcodes at some point and be able to use them? But they're, say, but they're saying that there isn't a vulnerability in the app, are they? Yeah. And, that, and that's correct, is it? Well, that's certainly but, what McDonald's are standing by at the moment. Right. It's not impossible to imagine a scenario where a company says that there is no vulnerability in their app and later turns out... What are you talking about, Mark? I've never heard such a thing. I'm just saying it's not an impossible scenario. Highly unlikely, though. Highly (laughs) unlikely. (laughs) I mean, someone's definitely seeming to attack Canadians that don't seem to have a lot to do with each other. So it seems to be happening around different provinces, but they're all taking place in Quebec. So Quebec police are now apparently looking for the Hamburglar. Do we do we know how many of these things have taken place? So you've spoken about three of them, but is this... When they put it up on Twitter, lots of people were saying, hey, this happened to me too. This happened to me too. So there seems to be a lot of unconfirmed reports online. Yeah. Um, but there seems to be about four or five in the press. I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's an accident. Well, maybe. Could it be like butt dialing? People are ordering these things without realising they're ordering them. Yes, but they're not ordering at the McDonald's where they live, oh, right? Yeah, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I'm not. I haven't got the answer. Is it actually the case that there's a there's a McDonald's in Quebec that's had to hand over a hundred hamburgers in one order, or is it just kind of ghosts in the machine? So this guy O'Rourke, who had a hundred meals bought on his Mickey D app, um, that happened over a spate of a week. So it, and it happened at different locations, different McDonald's yeah. around in the vicinity. So they're obviously trying to go in and buy something that's maybe probably $50, not raising too many eyebrows yeah. and doing it right. And, may, and there's probably more than one doing it at the same time. Have you got an actual so, answer for us, Crow? No. Oh, for goodness sake. But I have advice. Okay. Okay. It better be good. So one, I think McDonald's can't sit there and saying nothing to do with us, Gov. I think that's just uncool because they're obviously not enforcing 2FA on the app. They're not doing anything to validate that the device belongs to the account user before a payment is made. I mean, they could ask for, uh, you know, a code number, you know, upon receiving it or something. So they could bake in more security, I think, in the app. And users, don't use a debit card for your online purchase accounts. (laughs) Consider using a credit card, right? So a credit card is where the credit card company makes the purchase, and then you pay for that purchase upon receiving it. And if it's not what you want, you can say, hey, I'm not paying for this. But if it's coming out of your 
own money and it's debiting your account, you're the one who is uh, losing out there. Now, in this case, both banks have paid two of the users back the money that they lost. But I don't hear McDonald's paying back the money. So that's I don't know what's going to happen there. And I mean, really, do you really need a freaking junk food app on your phone? So yeah. that's that's where I was going to yeah. go. I think I think all of your advice is great, and yeah. I think the point the point that you made earlier about, or the point that Graham made about blaming the victims earlier, is is well made as well. And I don't think it's nobody's fault that they use a McDonald's app, but we do live in a world where there's an app for everything, and. I thought the whole point of McDonald's and fast food was that it was fast. <laughs> you like they, they've optimized. They've optimized the delivery of food over the taste, the quality. Like literally, everything <laughs> has been sacrificed to get you that burger in double quick time. So, trying to shave a few seconds off that by using an app is a great way of increasing your attack surface. So, I think just you know, do you really need an app? Yeah. For for all the things that you do, is a great question. Because you have to go there to pick it up anyway, unless it's, I don't know, are they delivering by drone now? (laughs) The last thing you want, other than, of course, an actual McDonald's burger, is a McDonald's burger that's been waiting for you for 10 minutes, isn't it? So I... I I have some information They've all been waiting. (laughs) They've all been waiting for you for 10 minutes. There's a queue of them, literally. You can see it if you look over the shoulder of the person who's serving you. I'm thinking you would only actually use this when you're at the store. Have you ever used the touch screens they have inside McDonald's these days? I no. wonder if it's anything like these <laughs> giant touch screens. And the idea is that you walk in and instead of standing in a queue, you walk mm. up to this touch screen and then you spend, I don't know, three or four hours making your order <laughs> as you figure out this sort of giant, you have to slap it and scrolling and these sub menus. that and oh, I, If the app is anything like that, then it'll add hours to your day. It's and that touchscreen will have been touched by loads of horrible kids who've been to the loo and not washed their hands. That's, be, that's disgusting. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think the takeaway here is maybe take a look at the apps on your phone, particularly those tied with debit or credit cards, and ask yourself if you really need those apps, if they're providing really the value you think they are, because um, they're just vulnerabilities waiting to happen. Actually, do you want to hear one last yeah. fun fact about the Hamburglar guy? So they killed them off, right? They killed them off in the early noughties. Did they video that? Did they put out an advert <laughs> of his death? Facebook Live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it like Chucky being killed? <laughs> but they brought him back to life in 2015 oh nice mcdonald's were introducing this sirloin burger you know full flavor thing and they needed a character and a promo um so our little nasty little hamburglar was reintroduced all grown up and well kind of sexy and they were even news spots going is this guy hot or not one newscaster saying he's either creepy or 50 shades of hamburglar Rabble, rabble. That doesn't work at all. <laughs> I know. Fifty Shades of Hamburger. <laughs> Hang on, I've, I've got one. I've got one. Couldn't they have said Fifty Shades of Filet or Fish? Filet, grey, filet. Oh, come on. That's. He likes burgers. <laughs> They they could have, Graham. I, I don't they know why have. they would. But, they I mean, could have. I think yeah. hers is better. 
Hey, Graham, didn't you recently download the Threat Intelligence Handbook from Recorded Future? I did, yes. I went and grabbed myself a copy. It's a chunky thing, you know, 100 pages. Whoa. Yeah, it's not some cheapo, flimsy little pamphlet. No, the Threat Intelligence Handbook, it really gives you the skinny on threat intelligence and how you can apply it in your workplace to really get some practical benefits. The best of all, it's completely free. Listeners, visit smashingsecurity.com forward slash intelligence to get your free copy. We are also sponsored this week by our friends at LastPass. Now, Graham, isn't it something like 90% of security breaches involve a stolen password or a poor password? Yeah, stolen passwords, poorly chosen passwords, reused passwords. Passwords are really sort of the hinge pin of so many security attacks which happen, which means that you probably want an enterprise password manager like the one offered by LastPass. Listeners can learn all about LastPass Enterprise at lastpass.com forward slash smashing. You don't have to say forward slash, by the way, you can just say slash, just so you know. And last but not least, we are supported this week by Gartner. Gartner is the world leading research and advisory company, and they are having a big event. It's Massivo, I'll tell you. All of the big security vendors are going to be there. They're going to be talking about cyber attacks, artificial intelligence, blockchain, machine learning, and much more. It's all taking place between June the 17th and 19th at the Gaylord National Convention Centre in National Harbour, Maryland. If you are a CISO, IT security and risk professional, you probably want to go to the Gartner Security and Risk Management Summit. And listen up, listeners, you can receive $350 off the registration fee by using the code SMASHING with a G. To learn more, visit smashingsecurity.com forward slash Gartner. Once again, you don't have to say forward slash, just say slash. Is there an echo? And welcome back. And you join us our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Work. <laughs> How is the uh, polystyrene uh, chamber pot or whatever it is that you're sitting in? <laughs> I've lost about ten pounds in sweat since the beginning of the podcast. I'm not going to lie. Pick of the week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they like doesn't have to be security related necessarily. It shouldn't be. It doesn't have to be. Now, my pick be. of the week this week, no, definitely doesn't have to be. My pick of the week this week is a movie which I saw yesterday, and it was rather wonderful. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. It is called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Strangely, it's not been on my list. Has it not? Well, you know, the name itself would normally have put me off because I am not interested mm. in superhero movies. I tend to fall asleep during any sort of CGI fighting or anything like this. This is an animated film. Oh, dying! I am dying to see this. Oh, film. well, Mark, actually, because you are quite an artist yourself, as indeed are you, Kroll. I believe you're appearing in Oxford Art Weeks. Um, let's not <laughs> yes, forget that. Let's really? plug that yes. again. But um, it is incredible. I saw the trailer a few months ago. I wanted to see it at the cinema. I missed it, and I've just grabbed it on one of the streaming services and paid a little bit of cash, and it is fantastic. It is spectacular. I'm looking at the uh, promo right now, and it does look fantastic, Graham. It is incredible. It is uh, the closest I've ever seen a movie to a comic strip. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's a whole variety of animated styles, and the thought and the attention that's gone into it, plus a fantastic, funny script. 
Um, it's not your typical animated movie. It's not like one of these DreamWorks or sort of things, you know, where they have like funny, funny characters, you know, singing songs or something like that. It's none of that going on. Well, there's a little bit of that going on because there's a character called Peter Porker who appears. The basic premise is <laughs> that we are dealing with a multiverse, people. There are parallel universes. There's a bad guy who uh, has a reason for trying to get through to another parallel universe and different Spider-Men from different parallel universes are coming through um, with different characteristics. It is funny, but more than anything else, it is a spectacle and it is phenomenal to watch. Brilliant. It looks very beautifully drawn. Yeah. I've put in a couple of links in the show notes to uh, some documentaries about the animation, um, which I'd really cool. recommend you check out. Um, and if that doesn't whet your appetite to go and see the movie proper, I don't know what will, but I'd really recommend it. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And when Graham says show notes, just someone asked this, that means on the website. So just go to smashingsecurity.com and you'll find it all there. Yeah, and uh, some of the podcast apps as well will include it. Sometimes they don't put them in as clickable links, but smashingsecurity.com, you'll find them on there too. Yeah. Mark, what's your pick of the week? Well, before I tell you my pick of the week, very quickly, I want to know, do you two have a plan for the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> when, when the zombie apocalypse happens, what are you going to do? I think I'm going to go and hide under a chicken coop because uh, oh, the chickens actually are very friendly. Um, no, I used to keep chickens. And, but I think that in a zombie situation, they would probably peck out the eyes of the zombies and protect me. So that is, I think, one of the safer places to go. How much time did you spend with your chickens, Graham? <laughs> they were lovely. I think I'd offer myself up to the zombies because don't you get stronger the longer you are a zombie? So if you're one of the first... It probably wouldn't help you your complexion, Crow. <laughs> That's true. So your your plan for surviving the zombie apocalypse is just to immediately become a zombie. Immediately become a zombie <laughs> and, uh, yeah. If only we'd had people like you during okay. World War II, Kroll. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, oh, here come the Germans. Yes. <laughs> Let's just give so in. So all I can say, all I can say is I'm very glad that you weren't responsible for the Netflix series Black Summer. <laughs> oh. Because it would, have been, it would have been a very, very short TV program. <laughs> Mercifully. Mercifully, it was created by someone else. I don't know who, and they have made a a, a wonderful uh, zombie apocalypse uh, short sort of short TV series, which we've just finished watching, um, and it's fantastic. I don't know if you're into zombies, but it's <laughs> if you like zombies, it's a bit like somebody took the first series of Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, I've watched that actually. But the first series of Fear the Walking Dead, it's it's all about that sort of people struggling with the initial outbreak and they've crossed that with 28 days later mm. which is a terrifying yes. danny boyle zombie film where the zombies run yeah. and so yeah. when you get bitten by a zombie you become a zombie almost instantly you don't have to wait a day <laughs> yes. so they just pop back up to life and then they run after you <laughs> see that sounds like much more fun than being chased <laughs> it is, it is <laughs> but it's very claustrophobic there's lots of close camera work it's 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 all about the people and the fear. and the, Oh, it's very, very good. If you like zombies, watch Are you sure you're not just uh, talking about your little box that you're in right now, being claustrophobic, <laughs> being the first word that came to mind? Yeah, and it's really warm. <laughs> Crow, what's your pick of the week? Uh, I have a doozy this week, and I was waiting to hear yours to see if I would beat you, and I think I have. It's not a competition. If any listeners in front of a computer right now, I suggest you follow my instructions. Hang on, hang on. It's worth it. It's really good. Please head to coolmathgames.com. 
cool math games. Math with a TH. Are you sure? No, yeah, TH, no S, games. normal. <laughs> Coolmathgames.com. Yeah. Uh, do I want to accept cookies? No, don't eat those. <laughs> okay, Reject right. all cookies. <laughs> well, it's a cute-looking site. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a website from 1999. Cool Math Games. It's been around since 1997. This is a brain training site where logic and thinking meet fun and games. There's no violence. There's no empty action. Just loads of challenges. Okay, I'm, I'm playing chess right now. To give you a little mental workout. <laughs> Can you recommend one of the games? Yes. See, Graham, we've lost Graham already. There you are. Hang on. No, I, I started doing some... I tried to do some chess, but I'll do IQ ball instead. Okay. I'm quite a fan of this little cute one. We have to get our little purple critter to the target. It says, to do this, you shoot out with his grabber and latch onto things. Yeah, just and it just goes. Okay. And you can play. play. There's no uh, there's no having to log in. You could just go and waste 10 minutes, which I did happily on this this morning before, the, before we decided to record. It's cute. See, look at you guys sitting there. Wow. Yeah. Now, now this is amazing, right? Okay. So already you're thinking, wow, crawl. This is pretty cool. <laughs> Guess what? Gets better. Gets, Gets better. better. You ready? You can go cool math for kids and cool math games and coolmath.com, which was the first one for math for ages 13 to 100. Don't accept all the cookies. No, never. Hurry up, Graham. I'm starting to feel a bit faint here. Okay, which one one do I need to play? Anything. No, no, I'm just saying all these three, right? You have something for your kids there, something for you. There's math, there's games, there's logic. Have fun. You're welcome, world. And thank you to the creators of Cool Math Games. Wow. Well, Carol, that's a great pick of the week. Although, so I've tried that. I think you need to go and try out um, Black Summer and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And only then will we know which was the best pick of the week. Okay, whatever. Not (laughs) worried. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week. Um, Mark, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online or even flag you down on a <laughs> most, most way. Well, you can you can hear me every week on the Naked Security Podcast and you can follow my chickens on Twitter at Internet Fans. Cool. And you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G. Twitter wouldn't allow us to have a G. And if you're on Reddit, why not continue the discussion with us up there as well? Uh, just search for Smash Insecurity on Reddit and you'll find our subreddit. And big shout out to this week's Smashing Security sponsors. Their support helps us give you this show for free. So be sure to check out their offers. And of course, big thanks to you all. Thank you for listening, supporting us and helping us spread the word. And until next week, cheerio. Bye bye. Later. Mark, you passed out. Yep. <laughs> but you revived me, so thank you. <laughs> are you going to say toodaloo or anything? <laughs> oh, sorry. Goodbye. Yes. Now, bye. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Well, that went very smoothly, I think. Whoop, whoop. <laughs>